0: So yeah, we were going to kick off or we will kick off the beautiful mental factors uh, this evening. Uh, I don't have my thoughts organized. so I'm just going to talk about the very, very first one, uh, because I have really mixed feelings about this term. Uh, And really, the first one is faith. Okay, this word faith, which uh I think in a Buddhist context, and I'll talk about what what faith really kind of, what the Buddha's talking to when he talks about faith. Faith is one of these words, for the most part, this is true for me, and a lot of people I work with, faith is a word that a lot of us sort of maybe don't really like so much, or we're just, you know, and a lot of that I think has to do with the sort of Judeo-Christian, sort of the religious baggage that some of us grew up in, and I think a lot of, I don't think we can help it, but I, of course, I, I tend to associate faith with a religion, Uh, and I associate faith with a belief system, and then I therefore I have faith in my belief system. And I think that's about as far as people get. Now, being in the 12 steps for a long time, they have a different kind of faith, which I think actually is a little bit better. They talk about it more of an action. They say faith without works is dead. And I felt a little bit better about the term, I think, in in AA work. Um, But uh, it's one of these really weird anomalies, because to be honest with you, I think one of the strongest... And this is what got me through today okay this is what gets me through everything for some bizarre reason i have this tremendous really unshakable faith in the dharma and i have really ever since i was introduced to it uh and and i say that with some degree of nervousness and and uh uncomfort discomfort of like really do i really and i and i and i do but i i sort of don't like that i do because i just don't really know what to do with this word um and so and I, and I don't know why I don't know, I, I don't understand why I have a problem with the word faith, I, you know, because I think I think without it we're all kind of fucked, you know. I think that we have to have it, uh, and, and to some degree, um, to some degree, I think faith is um, it's just something that we just have to have, uh, and we have to. It's a word that I, I want I want to take the word back. I don't even know what I mean by that. I just feel like I wanna, I want it back. I don't know who took it or who has it, but I feel like somebody stole it and they're using it in a really shitty way, and I want the word back. And uh, the the main reason that I'm really on this is I was I had to, I was at a Gestalt training last month. Like I said, 2023 has been a hell. I had to, I didn't have to. I drove Shannon's mom to this really risky surgery that she got last month in Denver and she had to be there. It was totally risky. had to happen. And I had to drive over the fucking Rocky mountains and like eight inches of fucking fresh powder. You know, it was like the most crazy gnarly, like there wasn't even, it was like eight inches of snow on the road and there were no, I was making the tire tracks. Okay. So it was like driving through a field, you know, over like 12,000 foot passes, you know, like, Crazy, crazy shit, stupid shit, really. Like, should not be doing that. And the whole time I had all this faith. I'm like, we're going to be fine. I'm going to drive slow. I get a nice truck. I, I'm from New England. I can drive in the snow. But on the way back, I've been listening to this book that I totally recommend that's actually been rocking me to the core. It's a, and and I, I'm interested in this guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a Swiss philosopher. His name is Martin Hegland. He's a professor at Yale. He looks like he's about 12. Uh, and he wrote a book called um, This Life. And the tagline is really good. The tagline is "secular faith and spiritual freedom." Uh, so, so the idea of a so when I hear this when I see this title "secular faith," I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting. What is secular faith?" And of course, he's very inspired and educated on Eastern, uh, on, on European philosophy, and in all the existentialists and Camus and all those great thinkers. Um, but really, what he what he points to is that is that you know the fragility of life. You know, the fact that, you know, all the scary shit, the fact that we're going to get, you know, all the Buddhist shit, we're going to get sick, we're going to get old, we're going to die, we're going to lose everything that we love, we're going to be separated from people we love, you know, it's all, we all know where it's headed, it's all going down, nobody gets, nobody, it's, nobody is escaping this, this is like in the five remembrances, and, and so, um, But we, you know, mostly we just pretend that that's not true and we kind of just go through the world and we try to get the things we want and avoid the things that we don't want. And until, until we're really staring down the barrel of birth, old age, sickness, and death, usually most of us don't act accordingly. And I also would put people who are in recovery in that boat, for those of you who have bottomed out in that shit, I think staring down the barrel of that gun makes you ask some very difficult questions. You know, that's the kind of stuff that really shakes us to the core. So... When we think about faith in the, and, and, I, and I, I'm overgeneralizing here because I, I don't want to say that I'm speaking for everybody, but I think it's safe to say that for the most part, faith is about belief. So I have faith in what I believe. And so in many ways, especially from a kind of religious experience, faith is, it is, it, it, it is externalized. We have faith in some, so we actually kind of abandon our own autonomy. We kind of abandon our own sense of, uh, lots of different things um by externalizing this faith thing which i which which always has made me cringe i even ever since i was a little kid you know going to my parents weren't very religious but we did go to church on christmas and stuff but i i was suspicious of the whole thing right out of the gate like i remember seeing jesus nailed to the cross and being like that's just fucking weird like, that's what we're here. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I've just was been suspicious about the whole thing from day one. And so, of course, you hear lots about faith. And, and then you hear a lot of times, like, you know, they proselytize. You just have to, you just have to have faith. You just have to believe. You just have to believe. And I'm like, really? Like, that sounds like a fucking bad idea. Cause I've, I don't know about you, but I've believed in some things over the years that really, really, really bit me back. So, believing in things is dangerous business. And also, if you look at this, and I've gone far down this rabbit hole uh, because I'm obsessed with this kind of stuff. If you look at cognitive science, if you look at cognitive science research, one of the things that they discovered that kind of like pushed back against religion, which gave rise to a lot of the work of Dawkins and a lot of these hardcore atheists, which I don't actually like that school of thought either, but the very act, the cognitive activity of believing in something, there is actually no data or no evidence to suggest that that has any any impact on the quality of your life whatsoever right there's no qualitative research that says so so basically what what cognitive science is like yeah you you can believe whatever you want to believe but if you don't back it up by lifestyle and choices and all these things then it's a totally actually a fruitless endeavor which is interesting i think Uh, and and most people just do that. And also, too, let's be honest, religious is kind of lazy. It's kind of about consolation. Just believe in this thing. It's all been sorted out for you, and just get on with it, right? And, And most of us don't like that. And then at the same time, myself included, what do we do? We come to Dharma practice, and we do the same fucking thing we're trying to get away from. Because Buddhism kind of has that kind of, it's maybe a little bit sexy, it's a little bit esoteric, it's a little bit more sophisticated, it's, you know, it's a little bit it's easier, it, it's a little bit less of a, it, it doesn't have as nasty a taste as most snake oil does. Right, so the Dharma Buddhist snake oil is not so bad. So we're like, oh, this, but then we end up doing, we end up turning, we end up turning this into a belief system. Uh, We believe in impermanence, and we believe in compassion, and we believe in kindness, and we believe in wisdom, and we believe in all these things. That I'm not gonna fucking do any of these things, but I sure do believe in them. Right, and therefore, uh, I don't get much traction on these things. So I'm gonna just kind of get into the what what is so the Abbey Dharma. Uh, when they talk about unival, when they talk about beautiful universal um, mental factors, faith is numero uno. So faith doesn't show up in a lot of dharma lists, but the lists that it shows up in are very important. So this is this is the trailhead. Okay, when when you when you when you're approaching the beautiful side of the mind, faith is the trailhead. It, it's what gets you in the game. Uh, and and, and uh, interestingly enough, faith is, is immediately followed by mindfulness. So faith and mindfulness, faith and mindfulness. And then the question becomes, uh, how much faith do you have in mindfulness as an actually usable utility thing that's going to help you? And I think what happens to a lot of us, and this certainly happens to me, I think what happens, whether we realize it or not, is we just kind of start to have faith in mindfulness. We start to have kind of faith in the practice, which I think is really good. Because what gives you faith in the practice is you do it and then you see qualitative, measurable results for yourself. You're like, well, this doesn't solve all my problems and I don't fully understand the whole mindfulness thing and I don't get a lot of the stuff and I don't really meditate as much as I could or should. But I don't know, something about this, is it just seems to work for me. It seems to make sense, right? And so that's really where we start to... Um, you know, and let's be honest, faith without faith, you would do nothing in this world. Faith and desire, you know, if you didn't have faith in your ability to learn how to play an instrument or faith in your ability to get a degree or your faith in your ability to get into a relationship or to exit a relationship, you wouldn't do anything. So we all, we all have a little bit. So faith again is not this thing that either you have or you don't have, which is a lot of the way that people think about it. There's people of faith and there's people who don't have faith. That's kind of the way that we divvy up the population, which is completely naive and, and actually silly. There's people of faith and then there's the non believers. It's like, that's it. That's the only two fucking categories. That's, that's, that's really black and white. And so faith, it's, it, it says here, it's, it's, uh, so let's just go through it. It's characterized, and some of this is actually not that. This is one of the definitions in the Abhidharma that's actually not that helpful. It has the characteristic of placing faith or of trusting. So we could also say like trust and confidence are kind of built into this a little bit. It's, now this is the thing that's very interesting. Its function is to clarify as water-clearing gem causes muddy water to become clear. So from a Buddhist perspective, faith is actually just a mind state. It's a state of mind. It has nothing to do with what you might have faith in or not. It's it's a mind state. So it's a beautiful mental factor. It's a beautiful mind state that clarifies things for you. It makes things very, very clear. It clarifies and stabilizes the mind. And I'm sure you can all imagine how helpful it would be to have a mind that was clarified and stabilized. And when the mind is clarified and stabilized with faith, then their mindfulness comes in and and then all the other kind of things can come in. But if the mind is not somewhat clear and somewhat stable, then we're in restlessness, then we're in all these kind of destructive mind states that we've talked about. So I think this is just important to drill down on. It's like to really understand that we're talking about faith here, we're talking about a mental state uh, that comes and goes. So it's not like, you know, faith is more like hunger. You know, sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. You might have it a couple times a day. You might have it a handful of times a day. It's not, It's it's a temporary mind state. So it's not so important at all that you know what faith is. And if you have a definition for it that works for you, I think that's actually really helpful, and I think to some degree you should. But what's more important is that you know when faith is. When is faith in my mind? That's where the utility is in Dharma practice. So what I have faith in is is actually a big distraction to some degree because faith. and I don't have faith in anything. I just have faith in my own mental capacity to face the moment, to deal with the world, to live my life. I feel clear. I feel stable. I feel confident. I feel resourced. I got some tools. I don't always use them. I could probably use some more. Some of my tools are a bit run down. But for the most part, I have some confidence and some trust that I can deal with some shit. Because if we all look at our track records and if you all do subjectively, you have all, all of us have dealt with some serious shit. right? Who here hasn't dealt with any serious shit? You wouldn't be on my group on a Wednesday night if you had not been through some shit, I can assure you that much. And look at you now, you know? And so that's really kind of the position that we're being uh, kind of encouraged to to look at it from. <laughs> Excuse me. So it also, uh, its function, it's fun, what it does is it sets forth uh, as if one might be set forth to cross a flood. So it sets forth, what it does is it, it allows us to engage on some kind of journey, which is kind of poetic in a way. It manifests as non-fogginess, the removal of the mind's impurities, right? And so, I see I just dropped something. that's all right. So again it's really about clarifying the mind and stabilizing the mind and, and, and another word I'll, I'll put the a word that I use reluctantly and some of you will know why I use it reluctantly for obvious reasons is this word refuge, which is um, a word that a very again another Dharma word that I kind of want to take back. I think it's been kind of brutalized by the tradition and other other areas. Refuge is, you we know, in classically in Dharma practice, many of you probably know, we, we take refuge in the Buddha, we take refuge in the Dharma, we take refuge in the Sangha. And for me, that always felt, that almost kind of always had the stench of religiosity. It's like, okay, here comes the fucking Kool-Aid now with the taking refuge in the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. You know, and I think that I need I need to rethink that because I think it's actually a beautiful idea. I think a lot of these things are really beautiful and important ideas that, like, to some degree, I just need to kind of take back. And so refuge, or the Pali word saranam, is really about placing your heart or even just placing your attention in something that's trustworthy, right? And if we look at the opposite of that, as you watch your mind throughout the day, how often do you find your mind engaging in things that are completely and totally untrustworthy? You know? As Jesse would like to say, I'll take it out of the box and play with it. You know what I mean? Some shit I just don't need to be doing that with. And so I put my attention, I put my heart in things, and usually they're external things. I put my heart, I put my trust, I put my faith in something that's untrustworthy, and I get my, I get burned. You know, I get burned, or or I don't get burned, or something. You know, something happens, right? But what happens is is that that there's a there's a, again that externalizing. So if we really think about refuge, we're not taking refuge in the Buddha, this historical figure. You're taking refuge in your own capacity. You know, you you have faith in yourself. It's a, you know the, the irony of the whole situation is you are the Buddha. There's no Buddha. That's just an epithet. You know, the, the word Buddha doesn't even appear in one page in the Pali Canon. That word came later. It's just a. It's an iconic word to mean a mind that's awake. So in many ways, we're all the Buddha. The Dharma is the process or the teachings, and it's the practice. Right. It's everything we talk about. It's everything I talk about. The Dharma, and then the Sangha. Again, it's just you know, it's 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 it, it, it's wise friendship. It's association with with people who are helpful. And I don't know about you, but the, the world is not littered with helpful people. Okay, you probably have, you have to dig and dig and dig if you're and, and even if you do so, you might be lucky to get a handful of people who are helpful right okay? and so so then you can have faith in in those kinds of things, and so again, you don't want to. When people ask me, or sometimes people ask, I usually dodge the question, and I probably should stop doing it. People ask me, "What I, you know? What well what, what do Buddhists believe in, or what do you have faith in?" It's like I, I have faith in like a lot of things. To try to make f- faith, and uh, try to to try to find a singular item in which one has faith in, is really kind of foolish. I have faith in. I could just go on and on about all the different things I have faith in, about all the different people I have faith in. Uh, a lot of different things I have faith in. And those are the things that get me through days like today. You know? Uh, and so, uh, and again, so it's an inner quality that, I either, I, that either I can draw from or I can't. And again, it's not that I, either I have it or that I don't have it. It's that sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I, there's a range of it. Sometimes I got a little bit. And you know, a little bit's a lot. If you have no faith at all, and then you get like a little bit of faith, that's amazing. And you get a little bit more, and then you get a little bit more, right? And then before you know it, you got a whole bunch. That's pretty good. So again, it's a, this black and white idea of like, I don't either I'm a person of faith or I'm, I'm a person who doesn't have faith. And, and I think, again, def- trying to define the term uh, is, I almost feel like it's an arrogant thing for me to even do. Like, who, who am I to tell you what faith is? You know, uh, I can kind of, show you the fire of faith that i'm trying to dance around and you can kind of check that out for yourself um but one thing that's certainly clear i think within the early buddhist tradition is that faith is completely and totally you gotta have it you gotta have some it seems to show up in 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 places that are really really important and and then if you look at it, and we'll do some practice on this, because I have an interesting practice of faith we can do tonight. If we look at the opposite of faith, which is doubt, okay? Doubt is the fifth hindrance. From a Buddhist perspective, from a Buddhist psychology perspective, faith is probably the most destructive force in the human mind. I'm sorry, doubt, not faith. Doubt is, sorry about that. Well, you know, faith can become a destructive force, too, depending on how you use it. So maybe actually what I just said is totally right. You know, maybe some people should have a doubt or two, but the doubt in one's ability, right? And and and, 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 and that voice in your head, that, that just that shitty little voice in your head that tells you, you're not going to do it. You're not going to go back to school and get that degree. You're not going to... Get a better place to live. You're not going to get. You should be. You should be happy that you have this shitty relationship that you have. You're not going to get in a better relationship than the one that you're in. It's just that sinister doubt is just like a mean, mean motherfucker. It's just that voice that tells you you can't. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You don't try hard enough. You never follow through with anything. Why do you even bother? I swear to God, it's like the first thirty seconds of every meditation I've ever done. My mind's like, oh. Oh, this again? Really? Just sit here and do nothing again? Okay, fine. All right, whatever. You know, it's just like that. That's like the first 30 seconds of every meditation. It's like, this is the best. This is, the, this is what you come up with to do again. You're just going to sit here. Right? And then it just goes to town on me, you know, about all the things that I don't do right, that I haven't done right. But you know this thing? Right? There's doubt. And so faith really kind of says, no. I, I again, it's not. It's not either. It's not like either you. Ha- it's not doubt or faith. It's again a lot of these. There's ranges of these things, and I don't think we're ever gonna do it. We're never gonna do get rid of doubt for once and for all, right? So again, this is why mindfulness. If we think about mindfulness practice in the most utilitarian sense, it's about being able to remember, to recognize the present moment experience. And when I recognize my present moment experience, can I recognize some faith, maybe? Do I have some faith? I might make it through the day? And, I, and I'll tell you, I, I find that, if I'm honest, the thing that really has gotten me through the hardest shit has really been some faith, and and I don't know I can't tell you what it was in. And I don't think that even matters, actually at all, but just just this general sense of like, you know what, It's going to be okay. you know. It's going to be okay. I don't know how it's going to be okay. I don't know when it's going to be okay. I don't even know if it's going to be okay. But you know what? It's going to be okay. <laughs> just that kind of low-grade sense of like, and, and then the mind gets stabilized and clarified and gets eased. And that's metta. Metta, the basic sense of metta, of course, the antidote to fear. And so fear, I think, is in here, baked in here too a little bit. The basic okayness of like, it's just... You know, can I just find something in my mind right now that has a quality of okayness? And can I just kind of, can I just like let the sponge soak that water up? Right? And then when we do that, I find that faith and mindfulness are always very much team players. And that when there's faith, there's always mindfulness. And, um that's good stuff. So let's do a practice. I'm really curious to see what y'all have to say about this. So let's do a practice this evening and then we'll have some discussion about this.